This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Dave, the Viking Darking. To be more like Dave, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. His back is strong, his beard is thick. Wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marler, here we go. Hello, listener, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is my mate, Tom Fordyce. I have spent all week thinking about last week's episode with former drug trafficker Sean Atwood. It's created quite the stir. I've had a lot of text messages from people saying, was he on something? Was he, was he on something? Because, <laughs> because he had little elements of that nervous energy present still. Just uh, for the record, I think he's been clean for quite some a time now. Years. Yeah, a number of years, just to put that out there. I'm still recovering. Some of the stories on there, I've still tried to get my head round and ploughing through his YouTube videos since then has added a little bit more context to it all. Meeting Wildman on his mate that is sadly no lo- longer with us, but meeting him on the YouTube videos has been opening up a whole nother level of the stories for me. So, uh, yeah, it, it took some time to recover, but I thoroughly enjoyed that one. What uh, What have you been up to this week, mate? So I've been working on our new sock deal. Sock deal. A deal of socks. Tell me more about your sock deal, please, Tom. Joe, this is huge news because we now have official Joe Marler Show socks, which people could wear with pride every Wednesday. Uh, They are purple in keeping with the show's purple aesthetic. They've got Joe's face in them, not mine. That's fine. You can see all the pictures on our social channels. They should, and we stress should, arrive in time for Father's Day. In many ways, Joe, they're the perfect Father's Day gift. Or, if you're not into Father's Day, buy them for your mum, your mate, your sister, yourself, whatever. The link is in the episode description of this episode. And for every pair that you buy, 
a pair of socks will be donated to a homeless shelter for someone who really needs them. Here's a little cheeky fact for you, Joe. Socks are the most requested item by homeless shelters because people don't tend to donate them. They just wear them and they throw them away. So we won't be giving homeless people the official Joe Myler Show socks, as that might be slightly strange. So Stand For Socks, which is the company we're working with, will donate a pair of thicker, warmer and antibacterial socks to people who need them. Yes. So click the link, buy the socks and you get the official show socks. And someone who really needs a pair gets a pair of proper ones. Beautiful, Joe. Let's get an architect on. Architect. Our guest today is Lawrence, and he's an architect. Hello, Lawrence. How are you, mate? Hey, Joe. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It's a bit surreal being here. Why? Because I've been listening for the last couple of years. Big listener of the show. Yeah. Amazing. And now I'm inside it. Inside the actual show. You're inside. inside. You've got the inside knowledge. It's not as good as you'd hope. Please do not reveal. Yeah, let's hope it's not one of those. Yeah. I'm going to ask, Lawrence, the biggest one I can think of. What's the best, most beautiful building in the world, according to you, our professional architect? Wow. That's a big question to start with, Joe. Oh, fuck. I mean, there's a lot of buildings. That's true. (laughs) There's a lot of buildings. Is there more buildings than people? There can't be more buildings than people. This got into the whole door. You remember the yeah, door and do, wheel yeah. debate? And what did you decide? Did you go with wheels? No, I, th- I think it's doors. Why? Because I'm an architect. Yeah, but think, for every one door, there's four wheels. Why? Because of cars. <laughs> <laughs> cars it works. Cars have got more than one door, though, haven't they, Joe? Right, okay. So the best building in the world, Lawrence, according to you. Right, I think, and this is a bit of a cop-out, but I think the best building in the world is generally the one that you live in, your home. That can't be true. I fucking hate my house. I well, can't, that cannot be true. Well, then you need to speak to an architect, Joe. Oh, I see what you've done. That's what. This yeah. is like a little... He's, he's gone, yeah, I'll come be a guest on the show next minute. <laughs> he's fleecing us. <laughs> so, oh, you need to knock down this, knock down that. Yeah. And you're what like, would, yeah, I'll knock down mine as well. What would you have done to your house, Joe, if money were no object? No, if money was less of a consideration so you can basically... Uh, freestyling this what would you add to your house it is a funny one tom because only the other week me and daisy were talking about our plans for the house and it turns out she's managed to convince me to knock it down Hmm. the whole thing the whole thing flatten it completely flatten it and live in a caravan or mobile home can see no problem with this on the plot Mm. um and then build our own and i went we're so close we're so so close to paying off this house, you know, Mm. would be very lucky and fortunate people our age to actually own a house outright. And you've now used your magical witchy powers to persuade me to bulldoze the fucking thing down. So then we were like, yeah, well, we need to speak to an architect. Oh, she, she went, get an architect on the show then. I went, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll see, I'll see, we'll see what happens. And then no and behold, Steve comes up with Lawrence. I was like, fuck, yes. Hearing you, Lawrence, has made me think about the bifold door bifolds have you got bifolds no we've got old-fashioned patio doors and it hurts me yeah what do you mean old-fashioned patio doors it's a sign of wealth isn't it yeah the bifold bifold? yeah Yeah, yeah. huge yeah it's a big uh the only thing though tom is that you're about 10 years late for it seriously it's been and gone what's What's the what's the new bifold then we've come back to sliding because the thing with bifold is that we live in a country where so people go on holiday for two weeks a year (laughs) 
and the sun shines yeah. and you spend all the time outside and you think, and you're in a, a nice villa or spot where you go, oh, I, I can just go inside now. The kids are running about. We can have our food outside. And then they come home and think, let's do that here. They sort of forget that it rains <laughs> for like 250 days of the year. But so when the bifold's shut, because it's a foldy thing, you just end up looking at a hell of a lot of frame all the time when it's shut. This is making sense, Joe. Have you got bifolds? No, I used to have bifolds. We built, we had the kitchen done. Brother-in-law did it. Lovely, lovely job. Um, And one of the things was we bought these big bifolds that open up the kitchen Mm. out into the garden, that open space, like you're connecting in and out and in and out. Built a lovely kitchen, breakfast bar, bifolds, roof light, and about two months later, so it was our dream kitchen, two months later we moved. Mm. Mm. Only uh, mainly because Daisy wanted a hundred kids, and uh, we couldn't house them in that house, which is a, a shame. I've avoided the the biggest question, which is what actually is an architect? Are you the ideas man, or are you a practical man? I like drawing, so I'm arty. That's my background. But you also need to be really good, apparently, be good at physics and maths <laughs> to get into uni. I wasn't, but I like to draw. Those people don't exist actually, because I think they're different parts of your brain that those two sides work. You can't really do maths and physics and be artistic and creative. But So I'm creative, and I don't think you can be an architect without being able to draw. So we can look at things, or I can look at things, compute it in my head, and then I can draw it on a piece of paper. I can take imaginary space. So when I'm walking around with you and Daisy in your empty plot with just rubble, <laughs> where, you're, where your mortgage... Four four kids crying in a very small, damp caravan. (laughs) And you guys are talking about the kind of things you'd like, which is a house back, and why did we knock it down? (laughs) I can start visualising the space for you. But you might just be saying, well, we kind of like it when we can get together around a big table and we've got friends that come round of an evening, but sometimes we actually just want a small space where we can eat as a family. But it's those opportunities that the space can provide that maybe make your life better. Joe, I'm finding this enormously <clears throat> reassuring that Lawrence is still talking about drawing because I feared, Lawrence, we would live in a world where you just sit in front of a laptop mm. and 3D models rotate on the screen in front of you. Yeah, we do, basically, Tom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's just giving us the big spiel of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love drawing. Well, I'm a bit of the old school, you know, classic. And now, no, I still just type numbers into the thing and it creates it for me. Why has it gone? Is it just not efficient to do the old school drawing now, time-wise? Or It isn't, because you kind of... I used to have to hand-write every note on every drawing, and that used to take a long time. But So it is more efficient, but the issue is... So we have a lot... We've I've had a lot of students through practices in the past, and you interview them, and you get this, this portfolio that, like you say, is just PDF, and it's just visuals, and it looks like a computer game, or... And it looks mad, and you think, this is, well, this is pretty crazy, but can you draw? And they're like, yeah, 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 I can draw, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, my little interview question would be, here's a piece of paper, can you draw me a horse? Classic. The draw horse. a horse. The classic horse. Joe, just while we're doing this, can you just, I'm going to give you a bit of paper. Just That's my a, bit of paper. Yeah. You can't give me my bit of paper. Have your bit of paper, just draw yeah, but I already horse. had that bit of paper. Why are you now giving me my bit of paper? Keep this piece gonna, of paper. That's going to be tricky. And I would like to ask Lawrence um, one more question about this drawing business. Mm. Lawrence, I have never been to an architect's office, but whenever I've seen them on television, the most alluring aspect of it for me seems to be the scale model. 
Yeah. Does the scale model still happen? It does still happen, but they cost a lot of money, Tom. What, compared to an actual building? Yeah. It's crazy, and, and most clients don't want to pay for a tiny version <laughs> of what they're going to get, <laughs> even though it would really help them. But, I mean, at the big end, at the big end, you know, if we're, if we're doing, you know, the Gherkin. You know the Gherkin? Mm. You know the, the Gherkin? At, the one at London Sorry? Bridge? Where is no, it? No, you're thinking the Shard. Oh, the Shard. Mm. you got Shard, yeah. The What's Gherkin, the Gherkin? It's the other side, isn't it? In What's the it? city. What's it look like? In the like? city. It look, what does it look like, Joe? <laughs> um, it looks like a cucumber. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, similar family. It looks like a Gherkin. They would have made a scale model of that, Tom. Yeah, and they are cool. But we don't do a lot of them now. How is the horse coming along, Joe? Yeah, how's the horse looking, Joe? Uh, <laughs> i got a sneaky feeling this is going to be pretty good. I can't see this. What we will do, we'll put this picture on the Joe Myler Show social feeds and mm. we'll certainly get Lawrence to rate this drawing of a horse, which, Joe, you're going to hold up now. Okay. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> His response is, Okay. <laughs> You see that? It's a very good picture of a carrot next to a slightly disturbing... It, all it is is a horse's head. Yeah, well, the specifics from my architect teacher, right. you, Lawrence, was draw me a horse. Yeah. You didn't say in what context right. or what part of it yeah. or... No, it's not bad. Could I be it, an architect? It, it's, um, it's got life to it as well. It's, you can see that it's breathing through its nose. Yep, they're not whiskers. And it's kind of got it's kind of got a Joe kind of little Mohican as well. Yep, that's his mane. His mane. Do yeah. horses have manes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then have you noticed the little bit of detail I've put on the eyes? Yeah. To be fair, nine nine out of ten of the people I'd ask to do that would just walk out of the room. So you're giving me a nine out of ten? No, I said, no. <laughs> I said nine of the nine out of ten people would have walked out. You did it, Joe. What's the relationship like between builders and architects? You're the romanticists. Yeah. And builders would be like, oh, for fuck's sake. I could just pitch my brother-in-law going, fucking hell, what's he come up with now? Is there a bit of friction between you and the builders? There can be, Joe, yeah. And I think traditionally, like you say, generally when we rack up on site, you can kind of see the murmurings of, here he is. (laughs) Absolutely wanker. (laughs) This guy has got no idea what he's doing. But they need you, don't they? They do, but generally you find most of the architectural drawings in the site toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all right, but we'll do it this way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it'll look something like that, but we got a better way. But no, old school, we were kind of, it's seven years of education, and most of those seven years are, you're taught to be a sort of pretentious twat. So... (laughs) That's kind of how you turn up on site. And I think you're going to win a lot of builders listening to this over by calling you, uh, openly admitting that you're taught to be a pretentious twat. Yeah, and I and I probably get struck off in the <laughs> RIBA. The what? The RIBA, Royal Institute of British Architects. Oh, oh that's yeah. nice. How'd you get into that? Well, it's a special handshake. Oh, you got to wear sort of special clothes. It's a, it's like a, a special architect architect clothes. So you got to wear a lot of tweed. And you've got, you know, you've got to be pretty, like I say, you've got to be very, very pretentious. What is the classic name for an architect? Lawrence strikes me as an architect's name, but I bet there are more architect names still than Lawrence. So I struggle with my name because I get a lot of clients who speak to me thinking I am Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. (laughs) 
who is the guy from Changing, yeah. Changing Rooms, was it? Is that still going? No. But he, he's parlayed a career out of that for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah. Parlayed. Was he a pirate, is he? He spun it out from there. Because you don't see Carol Smiley much these days, do you? But Bowen... Yeah. From he still he he pops up on the is it Plum World or Victorian plumbing advert? <laughs> he does a lot of that, doesn't so he's he? It's not great for him, but he's still out. <laughs> he's there. still he's, yeah, he's still coining it in. So people expect me to turn up with long flowing locks and wearing crushed velvet suits, frock, frock coat, yeah. frock coat, and yeah, sort of flouncing around a bit. But well, I don't know. You may, you two maybe think oh, I am like that, but no, well, you you you're very much not dressed. Um, in any velvet whatsoever I'm just looking well at let's well describe for our listeners um, <laughs> Lawrence is wearing matching Oakley cap and dark rimmed glasses really they're matching that's not that's not a sponsorship plug either <laughs> but okay yeah I like them and a short sleeve black north face t-shirt that he feels well he, this guy yeah, he does it, this, yeah. this guy's healthy yeah healthy <laughs> you know what I mean he's healthy can't see the bottom half of the table no Cargo pants? I've got cargo pants on, yeah. Okay, so well, you're, not your t- to... you're not your typical architect. I'm desperately hanging on to try and trying to be like the new kids on the block in terms of the architecture world. <laughs> but I'm uh, underneath the hat. I've got no hair left anymore. <laughs> I did have long blonde hair at one point. Uh, so, yeah, but I am, I'm trying to dress hip. Have you lost most of your hair because of clients mm. <laughs> changing their minds every fucking... yeah second and thinking that they're better than you when you go they've asked you to do a job yeah because it's the classic yeah lawrence can you come in we want you to build this fantastic taj mahal in the back of our garden yeah um do this we've got 20 grand to spend it on it and (laughs) and then you start coming out and coming out with the plans yeah and they're like no i think you should do it that way do you ever just get like uh, you have to be quite polite i guess sometimes yeah but inside you're like fucking you do it then yeah Oh, I mean that is that's pretty much our job in a nutshell. <laughs> it's it's a real weird occupation where not that we need to be at uni for seven years to learn to colour in and be pretentious, but we're there for seven years. Then we've got another two, three years in work before we're fully qualified. So we do know our stuff, but when you turn up with clients, it seems to be the one kind of occupation where they think they know what they're doing. You wouldn't uh, check your car in for a service and then stand there with the mechanic going. Oh, you want to try that? You don't, you don't pull that hose out. Maybe pull this hose out. <laughs> I but, actually think I might do that next time. <laughs> yeah, try it. I mean, that is the chats I have. They bring, they bring you in and then spend, sometimes they can spend, you can spend hours and hours listening to what they want and what they think they want and how we should do it. And actually, although Grand, Grand Designs has been good for us in the sense that it's, it's growing awareness that you can have something different because we're all... This country, we're a little bit stuck in our ways when it comes to uh, lots of things. But certainly in terms of architecture, most people live in pretty ordinary houses because we just keep delivering pretty ordinary houses. And actually, we come with a bit of a preconceived idea of what a home is. I mean, if you get, we've run out of paper now, but if you give a piece of paper to a, a primary school kid, like in the first reception year, and say, draw a house, they're all going to draw pretty much the same thing. It'll be a box with a triangle on top. It'll have four other boxes, which are windows. They normally put a cross through those. And then there's a door in the middle, and then a little fence out the front, and some clouds in the sky. Possibly a chimney. And a chimney, if you're lucky. A fucking hell. Yes, that is the house. How do you know that? I used to draw that. They all draw it, and they still do. 
I was, just, I, just, I was like, oh God, he's going to put the fences. Well. Did you? What about little sprouts of grass? Is Sprout, I used to put apple. like a, uh, the path would always be... Windy. A little bit, yeah. Mm. Would you do a sun, but only do like a sort of quarter of the sun? I'd do it in the corner yeah. of the paper so yeah. that it was angled like that. And then obviously... A couple of rays. A couple of rays out. There'd always be clouds. And then I would always put a chimney with then another little bit coming out the chimney. So it's the chimney and then oh, the like little... like a secondary flue. A what? <laughs> secondary flu. It's quite technical, Tom. <laughs> a secondary flu. I'm out of my depth, Joe. Fucking hell. A secondary flu. Okay, yes, I'd draw a secondary flu and then I'd have some smoke coming out. Mm. Even though it's a sunny slash cloudy day and I'm pointing out that I've got the fire on indoors. Yeah. Um, and we bit. always do, yeah, always did the windows, always did the, put the doorknob on. Swing in the tree? Would you put swing in the tree? Never had a tree. Uh, no, there was no, I didn't go that detailed. No, that okay. was my go-to. With no landscaping. But that's an odd thing, isn't it? Because you've got a load of four or five-year-olds, most of which probably don't live in a house like that. But that's what they draw. So we all kind of already are pre-programmed to think this is how we should live and this is the sort of space we should live in. Why do we all sleep upstairs? Crikey. So that if you're being burgled, Mm -hmm. you're then upstairs, meaning that you're not stolen. Yeah. So they can just steal the bottom half. Whereas if you were on the bottom, if you slept on the bottom, they would steal or harm you. So that's why they invented it upstairs. Whew. I've never considered this. Why I mean, do we sleep upstairs? So I'm, when I first moved to London many, many, many years ago, and obviously your skins, you're living in a flat, you get used to the idea of not going upstairs to bed. Mm. And then when I moved out of London and I was able to afford a small staircase, I found it quite enjoyable. The act of going up the stairs to bed mm. sort of helped me switch off. A bit of separation between awakeness and not awakeness. Fuck, that's really made me think now, because... Growing up, a mate of mine, Sean, he lived in a house where his kitchen, lounge, like study type room, utility room, were all on the floor that you walked into, like as normal. But then the three bedrooms were all downstairs. And I guess, is it something to do with the road? Because why? What the fuck? That doesn't make sense either. This is weird. You've blown my mind. Oh, sorry, Jane. Please tell me you've got asking, an answer. I was just, just asking a question. Well, I kind of think it goes back to, as humans, we kind of want to be off the ground. You know, we, we started out Ooh. We started out by living and sleeping on the, on the ground, on the floor. And then we invented something that lifted us off that. And it was a little bed made out of sticks. And then we might have found a rock and thought, oh, I could sleep up there. And I'd be safer because bit like you said i won't get stolen in the night or, I, know, I or, fucking ba- knew I was right. or back then you've probably been eaten in the night so it might be that but all i'm saying is do we all have to sleep upstairs we need some adverts tom we do need some adverts joe while we're doing the adverts i'm going to give you my piece of paper you're going to draw this house <laughs> and this we should come back in a few moments time Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast.
Lawrence, we've got to talk about Grand Designs because it is an extraordinary programme and you can spend a happy evening just doing impressions of Kevin MacLeod mm. and his clichés. Mm. The clichés, including, Joe, I don't know if you're a fan of the show, the massive doubt that MacLeod always has when he's first introduced to the project, usually because it's being done by two people who say no when he says, have you ever done this before? Mm. And then by the end, the resolution is always MacLeod walking around a perfect house that looks like no one lives in it and then talking about rooms, but not calling them rooms, calling them spaces, and generally saying they've done a really good job. So we do get clients ringing up immediately after Grand Design saying, I saw this last night, and we're kind of thinking of doing it now. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And actually, some of the numbers on the end of Grand Designs, and the clients, you know they're not telling the truth. (laughs) They say, how much did did you spend in the end? And they're, they're always like... Well, we, you know, we were wanting to spend 350000 <laughs> and uh, we did go over a bit and it ended up at 355000 You're like, there is no fucking way <laughs> you spent about seven hundred grand on that. It's a bit of misinformation because obviously we then get a client ring up the next day and go, I've got three hundred and fifty grand, and I want a 5,000 square foot house like they had on the TV last night. So, yeah, that's a bit tricky. Like I say, it has helped our industry because it's, it's opened people's eyes to what's outside the box in terms of what you can have, what you can live in, the type of space you live in. So there are positives, but you can, he's kind of hoping for a disaster, isn't he? We're all hoping yeah. for a disaster, aren't we? The bit where something slips off a crane, even yeah. by a couple of, of feet, is an amazing moment, isn't it? Yeah. What about um, George's Amazing Spaces? I prefer watching that. Yeah to the actual ground designs just because the level of imagination that someone has to come up with to to change a a really strange or abstract space see what i see i'm already i'm already talking i'm gonna put my velvet on in a minute (laughs) um that's that's the one that's for me more impressive because you've got they've got these like tiny like there was a plane Mm. like a clapped up old plane that they then built the bed into the wall and then that came out. I, I like that. Is that a good one to go with? or? Well, it's all design, isn't it? And I think it's it's that imagination and that being creative with spaces. I mean, arch- architecture really should apply to everyone. You know, walk into the studio this morning, you know, through London, it's everywhere. You know, the, the shard, as you've mentioned, that type of thing, that's architecture. But all our own individual spaces are architecture. And actually, they're on a serious note. Like the last two, three years that we've all gone through, we've been locked in our spaces, has made people a bit more aware, wow, you know, if I'm in here all the time, do I need to change things? And there is a, there's a real kind of, there is an actual mental health connection with your spaces. So, you know, if you live in a space with no natural light or it's cluttered, you've got nowhere to put all your crap or, your, you know, Nine times out of ten, no one thinks about storage. You know, where do you put all the crap? Um, and if that's everywhere, that that affects your mood. It affects your mental health. So architecture is related to all of that, and it can be related to all the spaces that we inhabit, really, work, home, and uh, clapped-out planes that have been uh, converted <laughs> into something else. But you, I mean, you like a caravan, don't you, Jay? Love a caravan. I absolutely love a caravan. So my wife grew up in them. Yeah. So she's obviously drawn to them all the time. Okay. But I got a caravan mainly as a space uh, for the kids, mm. so they could. 
well, you just spoke about it, a bit more freedom to just mm. fuck up and clutter it all, do the drawing, play doh, all that, like have fun, have breakfast in there, yeah, so just like a play play den, more of a all bit, clutter, so uh, that then the, all the shit hole, yeah, isn't in the house, yeah, it's a nice space, like you talk about space, yeah, yeah. but we had to sell it, we had to sell it, sell the caravan. Yeah, we, we're going to upgrade, aren't we, once we knock oh, down yeah. the house and you come and build us the house of our dreams. <laughs> Which is what I'm drawing. Okay. Right. Are you drawing the house of your dreams? Yeah. Or are you drawing the house that we discussed at primary Yeah, I'm primary drawing school. the house that we that we discussed at primary are you Are you ready okay. to show it to us? I'm nearly. I'm sorry. I just, I've added in some extra details now that I'm an adult. I've um, forgotten about the seagulls. <laughs> the seagulls, the classic seagull look, the isn't Avisu it? The seagull. I'm trying to think if I've missed anything. Oh, there needs to be one there. Hang on. Yeah, he's doing that one. There's a family of three, really. There you go. So let's show this house to Lawrence. Lawrence, what's your feedback? Wow. I've had a, I've put in a couple of additional changes. Yeah. Um, it, it, can you pick up on them at all? Uh, <laughs> well, we do have the windy path. Yeah, we do have the picket style fence. Yeah, no gate, no gate. Yeah, I didn't know how to do the gate over the path accurately, so I just left a hole. But that that suggests it's welcoming. Yes, yes. Um, there's a few scale issues. Um, specifically, which part? The flower, not to scale. I mean, I, well, I mean, the sun's an issue. It's got. <laughs> He's got sunglasses on, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want his eyes to... No. You know, he's very close to the sun, and it, I didn't want his eyes to burn. No, that's that's good point. Because he is the sun, yeah. so he's very close to it. But there's a... What about my seagulls? We've got a seagull problem. Uh, one of their wings is longer than the other. Uh, probably... we, we cater for all in our okay, seagull yeah, farm. Yeah. So they're... Uh, is that why they've been circling the house for Inclusive a while? seagulls that are flying around in circles. It's, okay, it's, uh, the, um, it's the front door, Joe. Yeah. Nice, isn't it? It is nice, but it's very wide. Yeah, we're quite wide. wide. We're quite wide. It's a wide front And door. short, apparently. Yeah. For, but what's what? on the middle of the door? A knocker. It's a knocker. There is a knocker. That's the added detail. Yeah. And a round handle. See what I've done with the roof there? It's, yeah. You've got a secondary flue, haven't you? I've got a secondary flue, and I've got a bit of an overhang on the roof to provide some shade. Yeah. For the seagulls circling. The seagulls circling thing. You've got gigantic windows at the first floor. I want to let light in. It's yeah. important that you let light in. And light is important. I, you know, you get, um, you get sad, don't you? Seasonal so, affective yeah. disorder. And I want to let the light shine through. So is that the house you're looking to replace the mortgage-free house you've That looks a lot down? like the house we've actually already got so uh, okay. i'm not going to knock down that Shall we, house let, let's, build up. let's redesign your house joe where this is a, a blank slate we have here you've got lawrence on hand to make your dreams come true yeah shoot i want a four-story house right and so why because <laughs> i want a basement oh. a ground floor yeah then a first floor and then, then a second floor Second but actually, that's confused. That's always confused me. Why is it not? Why is it? I why is, agree. Is it? Why is the ground floor not the first floor? Yeah, that is the first floor, isn't it? No. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah, and it should be. So that if it goes ground floor, should it go second floor? I think so, Lawrence. Yeah, I agree. That is a tricky one because the normally basements you get a lot of basements that are called lower ground floor. Mm. Well, that's that's weird. even more confusing because you could have then upper ground floor, upper upper ground floor, even lower ground floor, even lower ground, even higher ground floor. 
Steve's definitely going to keep this bit of the chat <laughs> really quite important. But and then on the second floor, so which will be my fourth floor, mm. fuck me. What's uh, up there? The kitchen. Okay. Ooh. So I want the open plan, yeah. kitchen, diner, yeah. breakfast bar. Yeah. Then on the first floor, I just want all the toilets. Right. Important. Yeah. So, but I want a toilet each. Yeah. So I want our own toilets. Mm. So I need five toilets on one floor. Mm. All the same size or? No, I'll have bigger because I want a bath in mine as well. And then ground floor bedrooms. bedrooms. Uh, only the kids ones. Yeah. And a spare one. Right. Because, you know, sometimes you need a spare mm. one. Yeah. And a night, make, make, the, make the spare one really nice. You don't want no sofa shit. Do you know what I mean? If you right. have to go in the spare room, it's going to be fucking nicer than the, the nicer room. Yeah, yeah. And then the basement, I want a about a 60-foot light-up floor Yeah, that's actually a piano. Okay. You know, like in Big, Tom Hanks. He plays that, doesn't he? No. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Where's your gym? Can I have a gym? Of course you can. Oh, so all of what I've described, can you build me? Well, I won't build it, Joe. Oh. Because I'm not a builder. But... I could draw it for you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There are a couple of questions related to it, though. Okay. So your kitchen's on the... Top. Top. Fourth floor. Second fourth. Second floor, fourth, fourth story. So you come home with your shopping. Mm. Are you getting your shopping up? So there? you're having a pulley system. Right. Up a tree. Yeah. Uh, like in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where they put it in the basket. They yeah. ratchet it up. And then you'll put it through this massive bifold yeah. that opens up. So it's a square, it's a box. It's a, what's it? What's the shape I'm looking for? Yeah, like a rectangle shape at the top <laughs> of the house. And three of the four walls... A glass. A glass. And they all that, open. They all open yeah. from all, all one door. One door. One door. Yeah. You know, like a shower door yeah. that oh, goes yeah. that, curl, that curls on the wheels. Yeah. Just one door that goes. Yeah. Okay. Boom. And then the ratchet will come up on the level, and the shopping goes in, and then you shut the door. Right. Will that annoy you? The noise every time it opens and closes. Why on earth would this noise annoy? <laughs> what about? Oh, sorry. What about if you? Hang, just, I got shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently, annoy my guests. <laughs> right. What about if you just pressed the button and it sort of went? <gasps> sorry, say it again. You just pressed the button and it just went. That one's moving faster. Actually, I want that as well. Yeah. I want a uh, a system in place that means I can send a message to the kids mm. on their in their rooms. Yeah. That's got the tube, you know, that you go and it goes up and you say dinner's ready yeah. rather than shouting it. We've managed to work out that you you're bang up for designing the dream house that I've just described to you. Yeah, I uh, think there's a couple of things we'd look at changing, but well, let's talk. Let's talk after if there's yeah. really big issues. I think they'll probably be minor. Do you know what I mean? Colour change yeah. of the walls and stuff like that. Yeah, we haven't even discussed the patio that I want. Jesus, you know. No. I want a dug deep trampoline. So I Ooh. want the trampoline in the floor yeah. of the patio, not of the grass. I want the patio cut out. Yeah, and then this sunk twenty foot in the ground, <laughs> and it's a big old trampoline. Like that, if you hit it, if I mean, if you jump in it. 
like you know, like in three hundred, when he kicks, yeah, this is Spartan and kicks it and down the thing. I want to be able to do that to the kids, yeah. But they then just boing Music straight back, back up, and then they just straight on the thing. It's safe. Okay. <laughs> How far? So hang on. The the average person, if they jumped onto the trampoline, yeah, they would bounce back to ground level. Yeah, you know, uh, Teletubbies. Yeah, in their fabulously designed home which is very different and probably very eco friendly eco, and yeah that's not like the picture that the kids draw is it no it's, oh. but they pop out they go yeah and i'd like that to happen when i kick them in the trampoline we're getting way off thing. i'm getting so excited about designing this house that it's the thing lawrence has said is completely doable and yeah. definitely going to happen which, do you know, have you got a budget uh, I just thought we'd uh, get some sort of, you know, ballpark. Come on the show, yeah. In, re- uh, in okay. return, yeah, yeah, build yeah. a house. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Don't know yeah. whether we can sort out that. Yeah, system. yeah. I'm sure that's the thing. Um, right. So, aside from my monstrosity that you can help build, mm. in your, how long have you been an architect? Wow, um, th- nearly thirty years. So, thirty years of architecture. Mm. You must have seen some proper monstrosities what's yeah. the worst one you've seen it's a tricky one because we like i say a lot of the stuff we do now is people's homes and it's quite hard to just slag it off at the end of it we actually get quite a lot of people that want to live in contemporary spaces and the thing that they've knocked down is a little cottage or something and it's full of like your net curtains and your little china dolls and stuff like that and they get this beautiful home built contemporary home you know, it looks like it should be out of a Bond film. And then they put all that crap back in it. Mm. They put the net curtains back up. <laughs> they put the little China dolls in, you know, and they, uh, I find that odd. And that that's a bit tricky. But in terms of ugly buildings, what do you think, Joe? Is there a building you like and a building you don't like? I I really enjoy looking at the Shard. Yeah. Have you been uh, up it? I've been up it. Been I didn't enjoy top. that. Not a great fan of heights. Hell, wasn't it? Um, although there was the toilet on the shard that was impressive. You know where you can just have a dump and did you use you it? Look, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it do the job? Yeah, the toilet was fantastic. You relaxed it. You weren't intimidated by the heights or the view. No, I was really, you know, impre- I was. It was a moment of uh, peace, calmness, serenity, mm. realization that I spend too long on the toilet but I I did really enjoy it I like the shard what other one do I like I like that Nelson's column yeah um, which I didn't realise you could you can go up it yeah you can go up inside that yeah um, <laughs> and uh, what other ones do is I that do? would you like a, a statue of yourself on top of the the new house I already got it right on the top yeah I've got it okay don't worry we just take that one over it's a little bit crazy it's actually a giant eight foot bear okay um what other buildings i'm trying to think of i like the classic old buildings See, this is the thing and this is the beauty of this country is we've, there... we've got unbelievable buildings surely london, that, yeah. you walk through london you go fuck me dead this is and that, impressive that is the thing with london is you got this fantastic old and new this mix and they can stand side by side there's a lot of conservation architecture about where you're trying to keep everything as it was and it's old but the progressive stuff can sit by the old stuff. I mean, I think we're sat in a, a building that was probably 150 years old. It was a warehouse and it's got a new life. And that's the beauty of a, a city like London. These bits of architecture really kind of make a real diverse environment. 
And it's great to see something like the Shard set against St Paul's Cathedral. You, I believe, Lawrence, were born in Slough. Yeah. Which is a sometimes maligned fan in hell. Berkshire. Famously... Surely uh, it's better off to say I was born in Berkshire than born in Slough. Yeah. There is a line, Joe, you might be familiar with. Is it John Betjeman? It is John Betjeman, yeah. Uh, who says, come friendly bombs and fall on Slough. And he then says, Lawrence... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think that was that the worst famous, thing we've ever done on the podcast. <laughs> that famous saying of which Lawrence goes, I yeah, think, that was that one. And that, then he goes, That's about it, though, isn't it? With, they're just, that, that's the point, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. Just let the bombs fall and slough. Because it's a shithole. Because it's a shithole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those. I, I mean, the, the issue was that bombs did fall on slough, and that's the issue. It was rebuilt in the 50s out of concrete, and that was about that. But, the Slough in the 1930s was a lovely place. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like Eton, probably. Yeah. Which is just down the road. <laughs> <laughs> is, was concrete a massive mistake in retrospect? Uh, it's like it was the new thing on the block at the time, wasn't it? You find a new material and something happens. That's why there's a lot of glass now, because we can do stuff with glass. That's why when we go back to our little house with the bars in the glass, the reason there were bars, they could only make glass about the size of a notepad. That was the technology. So you had to then frame it out inside windows with lots of little bars. Now we've got, we've got obviously make Joe's door, which is about 30 metres long. <laughs> that's going to be, that's, that's going to be a pricey. It's a big old door. It's a pricey part of the build already. I'm just going to warn you that, Joe. And I'm a bit concerned about where the glass is disappearing to. But, um, but yeah, technology, new materials, you can start, pushing the boundaries and create different stuff so but concrete at the time was this new material that we could bang up buildings pretty quickly there was a lot of they needed a lot of buildings quickly after the war and that's what we did this episode is sponsored by the following d the tank sherman gold frankincense and simon burr matt ozzy osborne flying tom ryan david the gammon Claire B, AJH, Andrew John Heath, Greg the Eagle, Edwards, Eric the Windy Rhino, Richard Kellaway the Compass, Dave Southworth, and John Walter. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today. Joe, I've got a list here of um, London's ugliest buildings. This was put together by architecttourguide.com. Wow. who I've used because it's the first link that's come up when I've Googled it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you some of these, and then, Lawrence, perhaps you can give us the official verdict, and, Joe, you can give us the Joe verdict. The first one I'm going to give you, Joe and Lawrence, is the MI6 building um, on the south bank of the Thames, which we've all seen in recent James Bond films. If you'd like a reminder, Joe, there it is. Yeah, also- that's ugly as fuck. That's the Joe view and the architect's view. Yeah, he got a bit excited with that one. There's a lot going on. I wouldn't go as far to say it's ugly as fuck as Joe did, but what? Oh, Terry Farrell's actually—he's a bit of a big hitter in the, in British architecture, but it's not the best. It looks like a big cake, doesn't it? That's got too many tears, maybe. I mean, the only thing I'll give it is that I guess it's iconic, isn't it? There's not many people that wouldn't know what that is from all the films and everything that it's been involved in, but it's not. Great. I mean, Martin Johnson's iconic, but you wouldn't want to see him on a catwalk. Well, actually, I would. Yeah. <laughs> you are, fucking, are you kidding me? You definitely want to see Martin Johnson in some heels 
going down tottering. a cow- Yeah. <laughs> oh, boys. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the next one I'm going to give you both is the building known to its designers as 20 Fenchurch Street and to the public as the Walkie Talkie. Joe, there is your reminder of the Walkie Talkie. Your verdict, please. What is it? And Lawrence? Yeah. I quite like it, although it did have. It's got a fairly famous issue with the design, which was that its southern elevation, because it's like concave, made out of glass. Can you remember doing that stuff in school where you take someone's glasses and then kind of burn people's shoelaces, <laughs> magnif- magnifying the, the sun? That building did that to uh, park cars, so it, it, really? it, it created a it created a crazy hot spot through its concave glass and was burning. I think the temperatures got up to like 117 degrees on the roof of someone's jag. Uh, (laughs) At least it was a jag. It was a jag, yeah. But um, So they had to go back and put a load of awnings on the south elevation to sort that out. The last one I'm going to give you both is a building that I'm not familiar with because I think it was probably built since I left London 12 years ago. It's called the Strata SE1 Joe. Strata SE1. What is this? Is this the top ugly buildings? Do you think there's worse than that? How would you describe that, Joe? It looks... Oh, fucking hell. What is that? What's it built for? What's Are there people in that? This is, is where I'm going to pass the image across to our professional trained mm. architect, Lawrence. It's like... Um, so, for the listeners, it looks like a unlit lightsaber. <laughs> Good. I think. Yeah, but you, I think you're doing that too much justice. That that you've the, your description of it has made it sound cooler than yeah. it actually is. There's a lot of kit going. There's a lot of eco kit going on on the roof there. It kind of powers itself that building. But again, this is the thing: beauty in the eye of the beholder. Joe don't like it, but some people will. I am looking at a list of the most expensive buildings in the world. Right. And some of the pictures that have come up. A fucking blown me away. Yeah. Look at this. This is the Marina Bay Sands yeah. in Singapore, yep. which is essentially three office buildings, glass office buildings, with a long boat on top. Yeah. That is mental. Yeah. I think that's pr- that was probably done during a Christmas office party. That, one. <laughs> that is absolutely bonkers. Four and a half billion pounds for that. Have you been up the tallest building in the world, Joe? Is it the Burj Khalifa? It is, yeah. Have I been up it? Can you be up it? You can get up to the top, yeah. No. How many lifts do you think are in that tower? How many lifts? Yeah. You just need one. There's more than one. How many lifts have they got? Go on. There's 57 lifts in that. 57? You wouldn't be able to just have one lift that goes all the way to the top. Do you know how tall it is? It's just over a mile tall. That it's a mile tall? Yeah. Can't be. I'm not getting up there. Sort of the wind on that. That's left, right, left, right, left, right. Big time. Can you imagine the worst job on that building? Cleaning the windows. Correct. Oh. No. Surely putting the antennae on. If you do that once, you've got to clean the windows three times a year. They do, do you? No one can see them. There's 24,000 windows. 24,000 windows. Yeah. They've got 36 people that do that, and it takes them three three months. Burj Khalifa. Fucking hell. <laughs> That is big and shiny. It's shiny, yeah, because there's a lot of people cleaning it. It's half a mile long. 830 metres, actually. I don't know what, just over a mile. That's too high. 
That is way too high, but that worries me actually now because it th- makes me feel like you're going to pull the wool over my eyes when you come and build my house. So that, that'll be like the budget chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aside from my massive 60 foot piano in the basement, mm. that's clearly one of the coolest ideas you've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So aside from that one, mm. are there any others that you've gone, that's a really cool idea that you've had from a customer and you've gone, I've been able to fulfill that or... That's a really cool idea, but it's not doable, I'm afraid. We've done a house which hasn't been built yet and possibly won't ever be because it's going to cost so much bloody money. But this guy was really into his cars and he bought a house that was on a kind of hill or he's bought a plot on the hill and he wanted to be able to drive into his drive and then press a button and just disappear (laughs) down and then drive his car out into effectively a lower ground floor showroom that kind of went out onto his garden. Like a car lift. It's a car lift, yeah. So it's doable. You can do it, yeah. We we found the system that does it. But it's, yeah, it's... Like, That's pricey. You want cheap. How much? It was about 40k. Meh. <laughs> 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 I might get one. Right. We all, all have one. Fuck's sake. But it got a bit more complicated because he had more than one car. So by the time you got down to the bottom, we then had to try and organize them and rack them but it was so when he was in his garden he could obviously look back at look at the cars why didn't he just park them on his drive and look at them i did ask that question at one point where he said this this is very expensive and i said well most people got a garage we could put a garage up there stick a nice garage in put a garage up there and you drive (laughs) in it but i do like that i do like a client that wants to push you know push the boundaries and do something different like i say it's kind of that's what architecture is about you want environments that are going to inspire be emotional get that um feedback from that human side of it really and that's what architecture is the other stuff is just buildings really what about any last most ridiculous ideas that you've heard of like an underground aquarium well there's there's a lot of that in town up here in london because we ran out of space in london uh, people started digging big holes under their own homes and because they wanted to extend, it was the only way they could go. So they just started going down. So you could, there's a lot of high-end homes in town that some of them have got four or five stories beneath them. In fact, one of them's got the dance floor that you're looking for in. I'm intrigued as to those three or four floors below their house. Back to our conversation of lower ground floor, yeah, lower, lower ground floor. Do you then just go lower, lower, lower ground floor you and then keep- lower, 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 lower? ground floor just have more l's on the thing on wouldn't you on the lift just have like l l l l l yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> i feel like i was explaining something extraordinary to you there rather than just restating <laughs> a point you'd already made yeah thanks anyway but there are there are definitely there are plenty of swimming pools that are three four stories below some of the homes that's quite challenging i have been on a job joe where they created a concrete because they have to to create these basements they got to pump a load of concrete into like some walls, shuttering walls. So they put the shutter all out and then they come along with four or five lo- uh, concrete lorries and they pump in the concrete and then by the end of the day, the walls are created and everything's supported. You can take the plywood away and suddenly the basement's created. But there was this one job where there was just like, they thought they needed five lorries of concrete and after six or seven, it just kept on going. They're like, Where, where's the concrete going? <laughs> Anyway, they pumped in another two, three lorries, went off for the day, the end of the day, didn't think anything of it. The neighbour came home from work. 
went to go into his basement gym and it was just full of concrete. <laughs> it had blown out one of the walls? Blown out one of the walls and just filled next door's basement <laughs> up. Fuck me, mate. If I'm, the, if I'm that neighbour... That's a bad day, isn't it? Oh, and all you want to do, I'm just going to chill out in the gym for a little bit. <laughs> and you go there and the doors, you, you open the door and it's just... It's just a... It's a block of concrete. You're like, what? You can't even move it. You're like, what the fuck? Where's my room? Where's my gym? <laughs> well, at least the, 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 the roots, what are they called? The foundations. They're, they're <laughs> this made it really strong. Your, ha- your house isn't going anywhere. Yeah, you're finding an yeah. earthquake in this uh, country renowned for earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a tough clean up, that one. Fucking hell. Mm. Lawrence, it's been brilliant having you on. Thank you very much for coming, mate. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Tom. What a very nice man he was, Joe. I'm getting him round mine, and he's building exactly what we've spoken about. I don't care. We're going to have lower ground, lower, lower ground, lower, 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 lower ground, and then I'm going to have upper ground, upper, 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 upper ground. I might even ask for a roof terrace, which I didn't put in there, and I want the toilets to be on the top floor. He's coming round. I loved him. It was great fun. Money, no object? Oh, God. Can we get him to give us a little discount maybe can the show maybe how half do you want to go halves on a house do i want to go halves on your house that i'm not going to live in because yeah, it's 250 come, miles you can come whenever you want you've never said that before i'm saying it now you're lying to me you don't like anyone else going to I'll your ask house. daisy first i always say it's daisy's fault when this invitation <laughs> disappears oh fuck me dead no he's coming around i liked him Well, if you would like to help Joe build his dream house and support the show, you can now subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For a solitary English pound a week, you can get bonus content, ad-free episodes and you'll be growing the show at the same time. And if you want official show socks, click the link in the episode description. If you like another podcast to listen to, let us recommend The Secret History of Flight 149. This is the story of ordinary passengers on a trip from London to Malaysia who were taken hostage by Saddam Hussein when they stopped to refuel in Kuwait. It's an incredible story of undercover operations, cover-ups, human shields and a 30-year fight for the truth. You have to listen to believe their stories. Search for Secret History of Flight 149 in your podcast app now. Who's coming to join us next week, Tom? A tube driver. The driver of tubes. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.